0: Welcome to Destination Health. I'm your host Rick Martin. I've got a great guest for this episode. His name is Barry Main. He is an ultra runner. He has not been an ultra runner for long, uh, only probably around 15 months. And yet, uh, within that short period, he's already run two 100 mile races, the second of which was just at the end of uh, January 2022, where he won the race outright Uh, at the Beast of Burden Winter Edition in northern New York, right along Lake Erie, or near Lake Erie. So as you can imagine, the conditions (laughs) at the time, and uh, you'll hear Barry describe the conditions, but you can just imagine uh, the cold uh, and snow (laughs) that he had to contend with. So we'll be talking about that among other things. So we'll also be talking about his background. He has, a, he has an interesting background, and uh, let's I, I just give you a hint. It prepared him uh, for this uh, challenge of facing extreme cold conditions. I'll just leave it at that. But uh, we'll also discuss with Barry his plans for the future um, he's got a lot of good plans for the rest of the year. And, uh, so we'll talk about that. But before we get into that, I just want to give you a quick update on myself. So in mid January, I, uh, ran my birthday, uh, in kilometers. So I turned 66, I ran 66 kilometers, which is 41 miles on a local high school track. Uh, I I want to thank my pacers that came out. I only had to run Two of the 40, I'm sorry, four of the 41 miles I ran by myself. But 37 of those miles, I had uh, someone with me. And uh, so that was very helpful. Uh, So Rick Stahl joined me, a.k.a. Junior. Scott Walter, Barry, our guest, came out, did a stint. And uh, Katie Larson, who was a previous guest, and her boyfriend, Chris Prestridge. And so, again, I'm thankful for their help. Uh, It turned out that uh, Rick had uh, called a a local TV station to let them know what I was doing. So, anyway, uh, one of them came out, and uh, they interviewed me, and they interviewed Katie. And both our interviews were approximately 10 minutes. And it was interesting because it was broadcast, but uh, they whittled those... 20 minutes down to 10 seconds, they cut Katie's out, her interviewed out altogether, and mine was whittled down to basically, I just said something like, get out there and start moving, something along those lines. So anyway, but it was still it was still fun. The other thing that's happened since the last episode is I went down to North Carolina um, in February, late February to do a marathon. I had not run a marathon or longer race in North Carolina. so this came up. I actually signed up for it on a Tuesday and the race uh, I did the race on uh, the following Saturday. So it was a last-minute decision. Drove down there, hoping for some uh, warm weather. Didn't get that. Uh, that the uh, the start. The temp was around uh, in the low 40s, but it was very sunny and it did warm up to uh, some extent. So and very scenic. Um, you know, you could see the ocean, a lot of great homes along the ocean. So it it was a good time. I I ran three. 53 It was my first uh, negative split marathon I've ever run, meaning I ran the second half faster than the first half. And uh, it was a lot of fun uh, from the perspective of I actually had someone I ran with for the last 16 miles. Uh, There was a young guy uh, attending Duke University who uh, grew up in Utah. He was running his first marathon, and uh, this marathon was small enough that it didn't have um, pacers, uh, had a couple but he was trying to break four hours and uh, there was no pacer for four hours. So I told him I would be his personal pacer. So it was a lot of fun. I got to talk to him. It was kind of interesting because he was a a physical therapy major. So I picked his brain quite a bit uh, on some things I could possibly do to address some of the problems I'm having. Uh, But uh, you know, hopefully I gave him some good advice also so it wasn't uh, totally one-sided. Anyway, uh, at the race, uh, coincidentally, there was another runner from the Harrisburg area, Jen Cadenhead, and she is uh, also trying to run the marathon, and, uh, or longer, I guess, in every state, and so she was doing North Carolina, and uh, so I had lunch with her after the race, and she... Uh, during our conversation, she mentioned that there uh, was a website that has Pennsylvania Ultra Records by not only age group, but by age. And it's maintained by, uh, I'm trying to remember his name, Nick Marshall. He he was a, a, actually a great ultra runner in his own right. I don't know that he runs a lot anymore, but I think he's in his 70s now. But it's very nice of him to maintain this list. So anyway, she gave it to me. And lo and behold, I found out that I had uh, set two of the records back in 2021 Uh, for 65-year-olds. I set the Pennsylvania record for um, uh, 50 miles, which coincidentally uh, was at uh, the summer version of the race Barry won. Now, of course, I ran half the distance he did. And my uh, weather conditions were ideal for summer. I mean, it was in the low 70s, so it was great. And uh, so the other one I got was 100 miles, um, the uh, Daytona 100. I didn't know that I set these (laughs) records. It's great to – it's kind of fun to to know that. Uh, So I'll I'll put the link to that website in the show notes. And uh, So anyway, enough about me – just wanted to mention, since I'm having uh, more discussions about ultra running, I'm probably going to change the name of the podcast. I'm leaning towards um, Destination Ultra, so I don't have to change a lot. But I'm looking into uh, what would be required to make that change. So that's something I'm looking into. But anyway, uh, let's uh, let's move on and listen to my interview of Barry Maine. Barry Mang, welcome to Destination Health, possibly soon-to-be Destination Ultra. Good morning. How's it going? Good, Barry. How are you doing? Awesome. Great to be here. How are you feeling after your race yesterday?
1: I'm pretty sore. (laughs) I
2: bet. I took a month
1: off from my uh, 100-miler, and I can really feel it. You took a whole month off? Yep. Wow. I think I needed it. But I also went on vacation to go snowboarding in okay. Montana and Idaho. Okay. So yeah. I did a little bit of running there, but not too much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well that's uh that's uh, a nice race. Uh I
1: understand what was the
0: naked uh um,
1: which naked it was race? The was na- it? Naked Bavarian. Okay. I was signed up for the forty, but okay. I like right after the Beast of Burden, yeah, I was you, like you downgraded. I'll do the twenty. It's good <laughs> enough. <laughs> I don't
0: blame you. That's it, a great training run. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I've done a number of those around the, what is it, Blue Marsh Lake?
1: Yep. Blue yeah. Marsh Lake.
0: So we're going to get into your uh, beast of burden exploits. and uh, uh, But first, I kind of wanted to let everyone know your background, because I think you have a very interesting background compared to the typical ultra runner. So, I when I I did some research for this, I looked at your Ultra running uh profile, Ultra running sign up profile. And I noticed you just started like late 2020. It was the first time you showed up on that yeah. site. And uh so you're relatively new, but you're already winning races, which is amazing. Uh so Why don't you just kind of give us a little background of the progression of what led you into ultra running?
1: Well, um, I just moved back here in September 2019. Okay. So I had no idea about ultra sign up or anything before that. I really didn't know about ultra running. Yeah. Ultra marathons. Yeah. Um, But I, I lived in Germany before here. Okay. For 14 years. And how did you end up in Germany? After college, I was probably like 22, 23, and I saw an ad in the paper. My mom actually saw the ad in the paper. It said, snowboard instructor in Germany. (gasps) And I was like, hell yeah, that's what I'm doing. So I moved to Germany when I was 23. When you were 23? Yeah. Did you speak German? Didn't speak any German. Wow. Never taught a snowboard lesson. But You never taught a snowboard lesson. No.
0: And you were going for a job to teach snowboarding. Right. And you didn't speak German.
1: Right. <laughs> but I didn't really need to speak German from the start because yeah. I was working. I worked for the army. Still do. But I was um, going to be working at an armed forces recreation center in Garmisch-Partenkirchen, Germany. Okay. Which is in the Bavarian
0: Alps. Okay. So, when you say you work for the army, so were you a in the military, or were you a contractor for the army?
1: Um, actually, like a I work for the DoD. Okay. Okay. Um, they don't call me a contractor. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm just an army civilian. You're an army civilian, yes. as opposed just to army contractor
0: mili- or or actual um, or, military, yeah, right? Okay.
1: That's so there are. Interesting. Contractors, s- private companies mm-hmm. that work for the army, mm-hmm. but I am an army civilian. Okay, for okay. sixteen years now. Okay,
0: so you're you're over there in Germany teaching snowboarding, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that had to be uh, a blast. That was awesome,
1: but I only actually did that for one year, and then I joined the accounting department. At, <laughs> at the From hotel.
0: snowboarding to right. accounting,
1: total opposite. Because I got my degree in accounting in at Champlain College in Vermont. And okay.
0: So your degree was in accounting.
1: Right. But uh, I actually, during like the busy weeks at the resort, yeah, I would leave the accounting department to go teach a week of snowboard lessons. That's quite a combination. Yeah. It sort of reminds
0: me of the uh, Monty Python skit. I don't know. This is probably before your time where... It was a skit about a guy who wanted to become a lion tamer, and they convinced him to take a gradual approach by becoming a banker first. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So it sounds yeah. Like accounting and snowboarding, uh, I wouldn't see the connection there, but that that's great. So so okay, you. You were in snowboarding, but then you got into accounting. So, were you working still for the DoD over in Germany yeah, in a this county? was
1: for the? It's called Edelweiss Lodge and Resort. Oh, I know Edelweiss. Yeah, and um sound of music. Yeah, everybody knows the word Edelweiss. It's yeah. probably the most popular name of a of any hotel in yeah. Europe uh, in the Alps. Yeah, but we named the resort Edelweiss Lodge and Resort. Okay. And, uh, okay. So you were working there and
0: were you still doing snowboarding off and on? Or? Yeah. yeah. I okay.
1: traveled to so many countries to snowboard. Oh, wow. I've snowboarded in most of, like, in every normal European country, yeah. like, um, France, Switzerland, wow. Italy, Austria? Slovenia, Austria. Yeah. Austria was 10 minutes away from where okay. I lived. All that right. was like going to, Carlisle. Yeah. Or closer. Yeah. and um. But I've also snowboarded in Morocco.
0: Morocco?
1: Yep. They have
0: snowboarding in Africa.
1: Isn't we Morocco to...
0: in Africa? Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Northern Africa. Yeah, right. We climbed the highest mountain in North Africa, Mount Toubkal, Okay. 4,100 meters. Okay. And snowboarded oh, down hot. from there. Yeah. Yeah, so we didn't, they have one ski resort yeah. in Morocco, but we didn't go there. We just hiked mountains and okay. snowboarded down from there. And I snowboarded in Kashmir, <laughs> Wow. India. Wow. Uh, was
0: that uh, contested uh, territory at the time? Because I know there's a lot of uh, tension between India and Pakistan over that region.
1: Yeah. yeah. When we were there, stuff was happening. Oh, wow. So we saw firsthand what was going on between yeah. the Kashmiri or the Indian part of Kashmir and the Pakistani part of Kashmir. Yeah. We were right on the line of control. But it was an awesome ski ski trip, yeah. snowboard trip.
0: Well, I can tell by this story that you're a lover of adventure.
1: Right. I mean,
0: <laughs> so I, can, I guess I can kind of see the seeds of ultra running being planted. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so now you're over in Europe and going all around, enjoying all the different ski resorts. How do you end up in Carlisle, Pennsylvania?
1: Well, I was there for almost in Germany for almost 14 years, Mm -hmm. and I was working at my job. Mm -hmm. I wasn't in Garmisch anymore. I moved to Kaiserslautern, where Ramstein Air Force Base is. Okay. And I lived there for four years, and I was kind of ready for something new. Mm -hmm. And I saw a job announcement on USA Jobs Mm -hmm. for a job at Carlisle Barracks. So I was like, hey, that's cool. I'll apply and got the job. And I never thought I'd be living in Pennsylvania, (laughs) but I like it. I love it here. Now, is this an accounting job or it can't be snowboarding? (laughs) It's I'm called like the NAF support manager. Okay. NAF means non-appropriated funds. And there's like a part of the Army, MWR, Morale, Welfare, and Recreation. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, the finance manager, and I also manage marketing and IT. Wow. For MWR of Carlisle Barracks. Okay. Sort of a jack of all trades,
0: it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, you're in a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, back to Germany. Have you ever heard of a place called Patch Barracks? Yeah. 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 I, I stayed at Patch Barracks. Uh, I had an uncle that. Uh, in Stuttgart. Yes. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, he, I think he was the second in command at the base. He, he was a lieutenant colonel. And uh, I went over there uh, for vacation. <laughs> we went over to uh, visit with him and, uh, it, well, and my aunt and uh, their, um, they had a daughter. And uh, so he took us all around Europe. It, it, it was great. Every we, t- we would take long weekends and travel around Europe. And uh I loved it. I mean, it made best. such a huge uh influence on me, I think uh, to just to see, you know because a lot of Americans never get to see outside their country. they don't they don't or their,
1: their town <laughs> or their state
0: yeah. <laughs> exactly so they they don't have uh a, a wider perspective. Right. Uh you start to at least be able to see things through the eyes of people in another country. Mm-hmm. And uh so anyway, I, I don't want to go on and on about that, but uh I've been to patch barracks. What I've been to patch barracks. Oh, okay. Yeah, I used mm-hmm. to, I don't know if they still have that. They had a track that was not a, a standard uh four hundred meters. <laughs> it was some
1: Yeah, like it, a mile track. Yeah, or yeah well, uh,
0: I don't remember what the distance was, but I just remember that it wasn't four laps to a mile.
1: Wasn't it around like a big field? It was. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I saw that.
0: Yeah, so it's still there. Yeah, it's still there. I, I hate to say the year, but it was 1972. <laughs> it was when I was there. In fact, I was there while Harrisburg area was getting hit by Agnes. So uh, um, the Great Flood, I, you may not be aware, you're not from this area, but that was like the Great Flood of the Susquehanna. I mean. Wow. Um, uh, that was a historic flood, and I, I missed it, uh, because I was over there in Germany, and uh, so anyway, uh, so we have that, I guess, in common. Although I was <laughs> not there 14 years like you, but I was there for a little bit, uh, so anyway, I'm sorry to uh interrupt, but uh, back to Carlisle. Um, so now you're working there at so somebody introduces you to ultra running or how, how do you get into ultra running at that point?
1: Well, I arrived on a Thursday okay, and the army shipped us over here, uh-huh. PCS'd us. So yeah. we were living in a hotel for two months, okay, the residence in, in Carlisle. Okay. And we lent, we got here on Thursday. On Friday, I was like, I want to check out the Appalachian Running Company shoe store. So I went to the shoe store yeah. with my wife, yeah. and Linda was there, and she was like, we have a group run tomorrow. I was like, all right, see you tomorrow. So, wow. Had you ever run before? Yeah. Okay. I've done a marathon, the Budapest Marathon. Okay. and Okay, well, that's serious. I've done some, some half marathons, running. the Vienna, okay. Vienna Half Marathon, and another one. Okay so while
0: you were over there you 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 did start running yeah and
1: i i have a dog so Uh i always took my dog out running okay in the trails right behind my house i could open up the back gate and i'd be in the forest on all these awesome trails yeah and yeah yeah, i'd go 11 miles or whatever with my dog and yeah so i trail trail ran but in the States, it's like a big thing, like road running or trail running. Yeah, yeah. When I was over there, I was just like, I'm a runner. <laughs> right, Like right. I never distinguished the two. I just ran wherever I wanted to. So it's a big difference here.
0: Yeah, it is surprising. Uh, I think in another podcast, I made the analogy of tennis, where you play on different surfaces. Right. And that, as a tennis player, you just deal with yeah. whatever surface. right. And it's like, I, I view running the same way, is if you are a runner, then you, you should run on all surfaces. Exactly. That's <laughs> so. how, exactly how I am. Yeah. That, uh, that's cool. Oh, incidentally, just to backtrack a little
1: bit, is your wife German? She's from Illinois. Oh. She's American. Did you meet her over there? Yes. Okay. We okay. met in, we lived actually in a former Nazi hospital. <laughs> So, wow. I met her. How romantic. Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right by the morgue. Oh, shit. <laughs>
2: wow. Wow.
1: So, back to yeah, yeah, where yeah. I was talking. Um, on Saturday, I went to the group run. Yeah. And I didn't know anybody. I right. knew Linda cause right. from the day before. Right. But I saw these two guys show up late. Yeah. And they had, like, hydration vests on yeah. and their hats backwards. Oh, yeah. And Linda looked at them like, hey, guys, what's up? Yeah. What are you the guys regulars. doing? regulars. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And they're like, we're doing rim-to-rim. Oh, and really? Yeah. So it was Nate and Brett. Okay. Doing the rim-to-rim on, okay. like, it was, like, 90 degrees. That That's
0: day. your first introduction, is those guys doing rim-to-rim? Yeah. Yeah. And just for the listeners... They're talking about the uh, Cumberland Valley section of the Appalachian Trail. It's it's like a 16-mile valley with a climb at each end. So it's like 17 miles, roughly. Mm-hmm. So
1: anyway, go ahead. But I was just like, those guys are awesome. Yeah. And now we're like best friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whenever
0: I see uh, your results on Strava, Brett, I, I, I noticed Brett is with you. Yeah, or at least part of the way. Right. <laughs> Maybe not the whole way. Me Nat and, and uh, Me Nate and yeah.
1: Brett run all the time. Yeah, together.
0: Yeah, that's that's it's another thing uh, we share in common is uh, we we've, we've both used Brett as a pacer. Right. Yeah, we can we can talk about he's that. He's an awesome pacer. Yeah, he is. He, he's a great pacer. Uh, yeah, I've only had two, so I don't have a lot, and they were both great, but uh, yeah, uh, so that's yeah, that's another point in common, but uh, yeah, so now you're introduced, and those guys are like hardcore, yeah, yeah, they've done t- some
1: yeah. good races, yeah, Brett did Pinjoti, yeah, 100 miler, right? I remember Nate's that. done a bunch of he at that point, he did. Like 100K and mm-hmm. 50 milers. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he, he, I guess he's a little newer to the whole thing than Brett is. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, those guys are hardcore. So that's your introduction, Nate and Brett. Right. Okay. So they, they get you uh, sort of hooked. Are you, are you running like the Saturday runs every Saturday now? So or are you just going off with those guys?
1: At the, like when I first started, running here Mm -hmm. i did the group runs all the time Mm -hmm. and we started i started upping my mileage Mm -hmm. we one day we did like a 17er at the group run Mm -hmm. and i got to know a little bit more of the at Mm -hmm. so that was awesome yeah and now i have a daughter Oh, okay so i don't do as many group runs or the wednesday runs yeah
0: yeah, it's I don't know how you do it. I mean, when I when my kids were young, I didn't even run. I mean, well, you know, for fitness a little bit, but no races or anything. So, I'm always admire you guys that can manage to fit it in. Uh, I I'm sure you're running like a lot of odd times. Yeah,
1: if you yeah. if you look at my Strava or whatever yeah. and look at the time, yeah, probably You'll see four in the morning or yeah two in the morning two in the morning I, I get up really early because I want to be back in time for wow. breakfast with my daughter yeah so wow that, that that's awesome
0: yeah so yeah so now uh, you're running and uh, what's your first ultra
1: like what 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 do you sign up for first so well I got here in September 2019. And then maybe the first ultra, unofficial ultra might have been like Linda put together a run a mile every hour for 24 hours. Oh, okay. That's kind of an ultra. Yeah. A little different. But then I did the Red Barn challenge, which is 24 hour. That's a serious ultra. Right. Yeah. But that was then two weeks after that, I had call the wilds. Oh, 50k.
0: I hear that course is tough.
1: So, Red Barn was like my B race. I actually slept for five hours in my van, (laughs) I didn't take it too seriously. Yeah, so that's a looped course. Red Barn Challenge is a one mile course. Okay, at somebody's property. Okay, it there's all turns and everything, and a little elevation. All right, but you can park your van or I got a Volkswagen camper van. Yeah. You can park your whatever right next to the course and stop, and they have a great aid station. Okay. So, yeah, yeah good, I guess you don't need race. one
0: aid station uh, for a one right. mile loop. Yeah. So, and you just run, it's a 24 hour, so you're just trying to do as many yeah, miles. Just do as, as you many can.
1: miles as you can. That was the first, the inaugural red barn challenge okay there was a guy 57 or 56 years old who did 120 miles wow who was that thomas creighton i don't know him he's i think he's from virginia oh okay yeah but he is yeah that's good so good yeah that is really good this guy runs so much and yeah he's at the top 10 of every race he does wow and he's 57 years old He's fifty seven. Yeah. Yeah. I think he started running recently too. Wow.
0: Yeah, I'll have to look him up. Yeah. I I, I uh Yeah, he's not in my age bracket. So I, I sort of kind I trade on the guys in their sixties. Mm-hmm. So so he's a little, he's kind of a youngster still.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> From my perspective. But uh yeah, yeah. So you're getting into it, you're doing a twenty four hour and then you go to the Call of the Wilds, which is horrendous, or not horrendous, but very technical, right? Right. The,
1: the guy from Trails Collective, he did this um, article on the toughest races in mm-hmm. the East, mm-hmm. and he had the different categories, 10K, mm-hmm. um, marathon, 50K, all the way up to 100 mile. Mm-hmm. And he said the Call of the Wilds is the second hardest in the East. What's number one? J Peak, 50K in Vermont. Uh, Vermont? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. J Peak has, I think, 10,000 feet of gain okay. for a 50K, and okay. Call of the Wilds has almost 8,000. Okay. But that... there's, there's some very, very steep climbs. Yeah. There's like four really big climbs at Call of the Wilds. Wow. And the last one is the killer. That's a lot of elevation for a 50K. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. But that was my first, like, major ultra race. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you're sort of hooked after that. Right. Yeah. I did all right in the Call of the Wilds. I got sixth place. Okay. Ah, excellent. Yeah. Maybe there were, like, 90 people or so. Yeah. And I almost broke six hours for that one.
0: Yeah, that's on a tough Mm -hmm. 50K. That's Yeah, that's a great time. So okay, so now you're running ultras kind of regularly. Uh, you at some point you you set your sights on a hundred, I imagine.
1: Well, I know you did. Yes, yeah. I
0: know you've run two of them.
1: <laughs> so actually, that was Octo- end of October, mm-hmm. and then is that 2020? 2020. Yeah, okay. And we did a little like five k turkey trot around, just separate. Okay, in a neighborhood Amanda yeah. put it on and Linda was there and okay. she talked about the Burning River 100 uh, Miler. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, I saw that. That was like a Western States qualifier." Yeah. Yeah. And I went home and I signed up for it.
0: <laughs> and and what was the longest race you had done at that point?
1: Well, so the Red Barn, I did like Sixty. Okay, five miles. Okay, maybe. you got sixty five
0: miles in. So yeah. so, hundred k plus. Yeah. Well, okay. So that's not. I mean, that's the typical leap that most people mm-hmm. are are making. They're going from a hundred. Well, I know some people. Uh, my first pacer, his one of his first races was a hundred miler. He went from yeah. like nothing, to, which I wouldn't recommend. Uh, right. but but i think it's more typical what what you did was 100k in that range and then jump up to 100 yeah yep. yeah
1: and before the burning river i did a 50 miler okay. na- naked prussian okay naked prussian and i did some more 50ks okay in the middle of that okay all right so how did burning river go Burning River went very well, I'd say. Yeah? I had an awesome crew. Yeah. Brett and Nate, of course. Of course. My wife, Luke. Oh, your wife was involved. Yeah. Luke was there. Yeah, I don't know Luke. Luke. Yeah. Awesome guy. Yeah. So, my crew was awesome. I ran with Matt Sabbath for the first 50 miles. Mm -hmm. The first three miles, it was a complete downpour. Oh, jeez. And... Before the race, everybody's like, what kind of shoes should I wear for this race? This was like a Facebook chat. Yeah. And people were like, oh, you can wear road shoes on this course. It's not bad. Uh Uh-huh. But when it rains for three hours, it gets muddy. Yeah. And people had road shoes on. Road shoes are not great in mud. No. No. So I think there were like 345 people who did the race and maybe 150 dnf'd wow yeah wow um but the race was awesome me and matt sabbath ran for 50 miles together Mm -hmm. then it's an out and back okay and at 50 luke joined me Mm -hmm. so we ran 16 miles then nate joined me a little bit Mm -hmm. and then brett joined me for the last he was the closer yep he's yeah, the closer yeah. i was like i want brett to be the closer yeah, yeah. and he ran with me for about a marathon that's and awesome yeah I, I didn't have any problems at all i every hour i took two salt tabs mm-hmm. i made sure i drank my fluids mm-hmm. before every aid station refilled mm-hmm. them because it was mm-hmm. really hot
2: mm-hmm. oh wasn't it? yeah
1: it was in july okay and I had no cramps at all. Mm-hmm. And the last three or four miles, I took it home. Wow! I went from like a nine-minute pace to an eight-minute, and my last mile was <laughs> you like pace at the end of hundred. <laughs> my last mile was about a seven-minute pace. <sighs> That's amazing. So Brett was with me, and he, uh, yeah. he's like, "I'm gonna go run to the end." And tell them you're coming in, and he couldn't get ahead. I of you. almost <laughs> caught up with him. Okay, he only made it like 30 seconds before me at the end.
0: Well, I can tell you, you're not, you're never gonna want me as a pacer, at least not at the end, because I, I, I would be struggling to do <laughs> run that fast. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so that's a great so experience.
1: Awesome. Yep. So I did sub 24. Okay. 22:42. Okay. Great. They have a belt buckle for that. Yeah. Matt Sabbath was the second to last or last person to make the sub 24. Oh, cool. So that was cool to watch him come through. Yeah. It was just an awesome time. I recommend that race for anybody who's wanting to do a 100 miler. Is there a lot of elevation in that? It's only about 8,000. Okay. So yeah, Yeah, same as Call of the Wilds. Yeah, but a hundred miles. Yeah, so but... there's no steep climbs. Okay, there, it's like a combination of all different types of terrain: rail trail and road and trail. Okay, yeah. So, did you have a, a strategy
0: of when to walk, or didn't you walk at all?
1: My strategy was walk every single hill. Okay, so every time it was flat or downhill, we ran. Mm-hmm. Every hill, walk it. Okay.
0: So I guess they were spaced far enough apart that it kind of, yeah. You you weren't walking for a long period of time, right? Or anything like that.
2: Okay.
1: I but I never. I think maybe sometimes on the way back on the rail trail I walked a little bit mm-hmm. for a minute or so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I was feeling it, so I was yeah like, sure. All right, we'll go maybe three quarters of a mile run, and then we'll walk maybe quarter mile. And we just tried all different things. Yeah. But yeah. I just kept, kept moving, kept grinding. And uh, one thing that I, I've done for my both 100 milers yeah. is detox from caffeine for like a month or two before the race. Wow, that, that,
0: that's amazing discipline.
1: Yeah. And in, so, in why do you do that? I just came up with it out of my head. I'm like, I'm probably going to get tired in the race. Mm-hmm. And I drink coffee, but mm-hmm. I was like, if I detox from caffeine, not even having a Coca-Cola mm-hmm. and do it for a month, then when I drink caffeine at the race, it'll hit me hard. And it'll wake me up. So... Yeah. Uh, I was... When I when Luke was with me, it was like mile 50, and the next aid station was 66. Yeah. And the guys were like, don't give him any caffeine at 50. Let's wait. Wait. Oh, no. And then at 66, they're like, all right, we need caffeine. Barry needs caffeine now, because Luke was like, Barry's getting tired. So um, I hit the caffeine and the next aid station, they're like, Barry was like so awake. So that's one technique that I used in my 200 milers. And I'm going to keep doing it. Uh,
0: you know, believe it or not, I have read of people uh, doing that. I, I don't know that they did a whole month. But uh, the was basically for the same purpose that you described is it. It'll have more of an effect. The caffeine will have more of an effect on you if your body isn't used to it. Uh, So
1: that's like super fuel. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't want to drink caffeine at the beginning of the race, like before I started, because I didn't want that to Mm -hmm. bring me down Mm -hmm. at like mile 30 or Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. So I waited till 66.
0: Well, it sounds like it worked. I mean, because it doesn't. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it didn't sound like you had a, like a, a a lot of low points or that you, like you were struggling. I had zero yeah. low points in that yeah. race. It That's amazing. Awesome. That's amazing for a first for your first experience with that distance. Yeah, it's it's uh, quite amazing.
1: Nate and Brett, they were like, we can't wait to see Barry in like a bad situation or like. Yeah. Not feeling good because he's yeah. never like that. Yeah. But they didn't get to see he it. never hit it.
0: All right. Well, I'm interested in hearing about the big 100 miler. Let, let's start to uh, get into that. Um, so talk a little bit about your training leading up to uh, Beast of Burden. Uh, I know part of your training because part of your training is was to do the Cumberland Valley AT, Rim to Rim to Rim, Yep. the uh, fastest known time that I put out there at age 60. And I do know that you uh, smashed my record by over an hour. And uh, so I was quite impressed uh, to see that. And so talk a little bit about how that went. I know you did it self-supported or unsupported
1: yep yeah i did it unsupported i thought i could break the record yeah there was actually a guy who did it a month before yeah i saw that i saw that he, yeah i think he did it in 720 yeah or something and i yeah. was like i pretty sure i can do it yeah but i want to make it a little more challenging yeah so i did it at two in the morning you started at two in the morning? I started at two in the morning. So <laughs> it was like mostly darkness. Yeah. And the trail was super muddy. Oh. And what time of year? It was December. Okay. It was, I think it was right before New Year's.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's not the ideal time. Yeah.
1: So I kind of yeah. wanted it to be bad conditions. Yeah. To see if I could do it yeah. like that. Yeah. And it was just foggy. There was nobody out there. Yeah. I didn't see a soul on the trail till I came back to the fisherman parking lot. Right. To the furnace. Yeah. And um, I just, when I train for a race, I kind of, I want to simulate what the race, like the different factors in that race, I Mm want to simulate that in my training. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure, so, Sure. I want to get up early in the morning mm-hmm. and run when I'm tired, mm-hmm. when it's colder, mm-hmm. and stuff like that.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, training for a race in upstate New York, you would want to uh, train and get as much cold exposure as you can. Yeah. So two in the morning might might approach <laughs> the conditions, but that was actually
1: not too cold uh, that day. The, really? But there was. A day, maybe like a week before that, or maybe a week after, I don't remember, that it got, it was like five degrees yeah, in the morning. So I was yeah. like, all right, it's going to be really cold in the morning. I'm going to go to the uh, Newville Rail Trail. Yeah. The one that goes to Shippensburg. Yep, yep. And I'm going to practice with my hydration vest. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, and it snowed. Mm, so perfect. I was like, that's probably what Beast of Burden is going to be like. Yep. So I'll simulate that. And I started at four in the morning. <laughs> it was wicked cold. I had the hydration vest on with the yeah. the bladder and the tube froze.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Unless you have those insulated.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I just wanted to experiment yeah. in that weather. So... I wore my snowboard gloves, <laughs> which was key because yeah. that's what I used at the Beast of Burden. Yeah, for my hands. Yeah, and I was like, Ooh, "I need before I go to Beast of Burden, I need to buy some hot hands." Yep. So I went to Aldi. I saw them at yeah. Aldi, and I got three packages. Yeah. Of I got like thirty packs of hot hands. Wow. Wow. So I brought that to the race. Yeah. Back to Cumberland Valley for just a
0: second. Uh, One thing I wanted to make sure I get in was the most amazing thing was not beating my record. To me, in my mind, uh, the most amazing thing was that you set the rim-to-rim, the single, because rim-to-rim-to-rim obviously is going across the valley twice. But you set the record for a single um uh, trip from uh, I believe the official uh, Strava segment is from the top of Darlington yep. to to Center Point Knob right and you broke that record so that's only half of what you did but you were running at such a fast pace that you broke the overall uh single uh valley crossing mm-hmm. that to me was the most amazing <laughs> part uh and and the uh the average time I was mind-boggling to me. What was it, was it? Eight something a mile for which this single,
1: just the single oh, crossing coming back about essentially, like eight, yeah, eight fifteen or
0: yeah, on a trail. Yeah, that that's a um, to me that's the most mind-boggling aspect of that record is coming back. You must have ran that harder than going
1: out. Well, there's. So the, um, the FKT, there's yeah. two parts. There's right. one is rim to rim. Right. And then the yours, the rim to rim to rim. Right. And I did the FKT. I already had the FKT for the rim to rim. Okay. Separately.
0: Oh, that was separate. Yeah, that was oh, separate. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Me and Brett did that in two thousand Oh, so that was a
0: separate run. Yeah. Well, I just went out to the FKT page and I saw you had both. Yeah, so, that I was a thinking time.
1: that you did that during the okay. But I actually I did the FKT from Center Point. It's not on the page on the website. Right. But I got the FKT the other way on this the Rim to Rim to Rim trail.
0: Okay. If going from, from Center Point, Center point to point Darlington. To Darlington. Yeah. Okay.
1: I got okay. that one.
0: All right. Well, I'm still impressed, but I just didn't think it was – I mean, unless you're, I don't know, the world's best, to to do a double at 8.15 pace would be – yeah. My model. I mean, I don't know how anyone could do that, but but okay. So that was the single crossing was a separate event. Yeah, separate. Okay,
1: but that was well. Thanks
0: for the clarification.
1: I I, I that was supported too. That.
0: Oh, that was supported too. Yeah. Okay,
1: but only because Brett was with me. Yeah, on the first right. Like we. Yeah, lost you're each other supposed at- to
0: call it supported if there's someone with right because yeah.
1: they kind of. If you're with somebody, you're pushing each other.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: But I had everything else was unsupported. But because of that, they said it's supported. Right.
0: Now, on the double crossing that you did at 2 in the morning, when you started at 2 in the morning, were you carrying everything on
1: you? Yeah. I I got a North Face hydration vest. I had one and a half liters in the bladder. I had um, two soft flasks on my chest. Wow. I had three backup batteries for my headlamp. Yeah. Which every two hours I needed to switch. Yeah. And I had some gels. Every two hours? Yeah. Wow. I had it on full blast. Yeah. So I went through, I got to the third battery on that. And then it kind of started to get light out a little bit. Okay. But I had everything with me. It was heavy at the beginning. Oh, I bet. To yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a lot of water weight. I never really run with, like, a bladder. That was my first big run with a bladder. Yeah. And um, the thing about the bladder is the liquid gets warm. Yeah. I don't really like it that much.
0: Yeah. I don't like running with a bladder uh, anymore. I I started out that way, but I don't... And refilling it at aid stations is a real hassle. Right. I mean, sometimes I understand why you would use it, um, you know, for big solo efforts. Right. But, yeah. So, yeah, okay. Well, I, I didn't mean to uh, get us off track, but I, I did want to talk about that the fact that you have, have both the single crossing and the double crossing records. Uh, so that's that's cool. And uh, now that explains to me how you managed to run right. that pace, because that was a single crossing pace. Right. Okay. Okay, so back uh, to your training block. Uh, so now you went out. You did a big run on the on the rail trail, and it was snowing. Did it? Did it actually lay? You were actually running through snow. It was fresh tracks. Okay, fresh tracks. Probably six inches. I didn't see anybody, did you? Saw nobody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, so yeah. cold. Yeah, I saw some bike tracks on it. I think from okay. the. The Amish community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of Amish yeah. along there. Yeah, and I ran to Shippensburg and back. So I was wow. planning on going longer. Yeah, but for some reason, I was like, I'm gonna stop now. Yeah, because it took you a got long a taste time. of it. Yeah. yeah, and I wanted to be back for my family. Yeah, want to be out there. All right,
2: day. all right. Yeah.
1: So okay, any
0: other? uh Notable things taking place while, while you're training.
1: I just, I wanted to be prepared for like my clothing and everything. Mm-hmm. So that was a big test that day. Mm-hmm. So you're kinda, testing out
0: all your gear. Yeah.
1: And you're you're
0: testing out in the conditions that you think you're going right. to uh, experience. So yeah.
1: I thought the whole time I was thinking of what I need to wear for Beast uh, of Burden. Yeah. And I had some nice North Face tights. And I had some pants that went over the tights. Oh, you pants went over the tights, yeah. Yeah. And I had socks that went up to my knees, but I I wore my Hoka mocks.
2: Yep, yeah.
1: I didn't wear trail shoes because I injured my Achilles a little bit. Yeah, before that. Yeah, wearing some other shoes that were too tight. Right. So when I got up that morning. I put on some shoes and I was like, "Oh man, they hurt so bad on my Achilles." Yeah. Uh, and I was that morning. I was ready to just go back and go to bed. Oh no, because my shoes were hurting so bad. Yeah, but I was like, "What about my road shoes?" Yeah, and I tried them on. And I'm like, "Perfect." Yeah, we're going. Let's do it. Yeah. So, in the beast of burden, I wore road shoes.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, through the so- snow. Well, that—that's uh, uh, the amazing part that it was. Uh, and let's get into that. Like, what—what right. what are the course conditions
1: on race day? There. All right. So, if if anybody doesn't know what the beast of burden is, it's 100. I do. <laughs> yeah, you know what it is. <laughs> I do, but, but not the winter version. For people I don't. Who are listening, yeah, yeah. It's hundred mile race. In Lockport, New York, which is right by Buffalo. Right. Everybody knows what the weather's like in the winter in Buffalo. Lake
0: effects snow. Right. Yeah.
1: So I expected it to be pretty bad and cold. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's like a mile section where it's on a plowed sidewalk. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they actually plowed that section. Yeah. So one
1: mile was plowed. Okay. And you could see some pavement there mm-hmm. and then you cross a bridge and go you run 11 and a half miles down the erie canal mm-hmm. and when we crossed the bridge that was fresh tracks mm. for almost two miles for the later <laughs> well for the first the first out and back yeah for yeah the leader yeah. totally yeah, fresh, fresh tracks. tracks. but yeah. i was at the front yeah so it was for two miles fresh tracks yeah people were like i hope it's not like this the whole time yeah but then um so we did that i kind of walked a little bit there sure sure because i didn't want to like use up tons of energy going through fresh tracks and then did they
0: have that aid station in the building yeah yeah okay yeah when i when i ran it I just got a kick out of the fact that you ran into a building inside. It was like a fire hall or something.
1: Yeah, just yeah, like a little hall, yeah, right by the fire department. Yeah, maybe like an American Legion or yeah, it was something, um, something like that. A meeting hall. Yeah. So that was at twelve and a half miles. Okay. Yeah. where you turn back. Right. So you run into the building and yeah. they have food in there, and you yeah. can warm up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But in, after that fresh tracks, it was kind of like snowmobiles, a snowmobile track. Because snowmobiles drive along the Erie oh, Canal okay. in the winter. Oh, okay. So that's it was packed down a so little it bit. So compressed it a little bit? Yeah. Okay. And from that point at the bridge until that aid station at the 12 and a half mile mark, 100% snow. And did you have any kind of spikes on? It wasn't slippery. Okay. I did. I brought nano spikes. Oh, you did I had get them the in my,
0: Yeah, nano spikes? Okay.
1: I had them in okay. my bag, my hydration pack. Okay. But it wasn't slippery at okay. all. So okay. I was like, I don't need to use them. I did think like maybe I'd have better traction and be able to go faster. Yeah, but you're adding weight to your feet. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't practice with them okay so i was like i'm just gonna like a sort of last resort kind of yeah yeah in case it was icy but it yeah it wasn't icy but it in during the daytime it was like kind of running on sand there was yeah there were spots where i'd sink in in the snow there were divots everywhere from people's feet from running and that was really tough
0: You know, I I, I wanted to make sure I get this point across to to let the listeners know how difficult this race is. This is probably the only race I've ever seen that there were twice as many DNFs as as there were finishers. Right. I mean, even Badwater has a higher finishing rate than this. This was, uh, I think there were close to 20 DNFs and only 10 finishers.
1: Yeah, yeah. A lot of DNS's too.
0: Oh yes, people said no. I'm not even gonna try it. So yeah, yeah. I didn't even weather,
1: look at that. <laughs> the temperature, the forecast was bad. Yeah. For temperature, yeah. It didn't show that it was gonna be a blizzard or anything. Yeah. But it was very cold. The high was ten degrees. <laughs> the high. The low was one. But it was a little windy. Not bad. I yeah. didn't really feel it. So, it said, like, the real feel was negative 12? Yeah, actually,
0: that's funny you should mention that, because uh, at one point, I I checked. Like, I was just curious what you were experiencing, and at the time that
1: I checked, it was real feel negative 12. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it was cold, and a lot of people saw that it was going to be that bad, and they just didn't even show up. (laughs) I can't imagine why. (laughs)
0: so obviously uh your your experience in the snow being a snowboarder must have paid off some dividends right? right
1: so i was actually thinking i have a pretty good advantage to some other people yeah because i've been skiing since i was four years old yeah i'm 39 yeah and started snowboarding when i was 12 and i've hiked some Mountains in the snow, yeah. some big ones. And yeah. I've been living in these conditions yeah. my whole life, basically. Yeah. So you so weren't intimidated. I wasn't scared.
0: You weren't intimidated. Nope. Wow. I was like, bring it on. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> well, you ha- I mean, obviously, you have to have that sort of attitude going yeah. in. Otherwise, if you start bitching about it and uh, view it completely as a negative, you, you won't stand a chance.
1: And um Brett and I we kinda had a thing, we're like, oh, it's twelve degrees, but it's like a warm twelve degrees. <laughs> or it's ten it's a warm ten. It's a warm <laughs> one degree. So we if you talked to Brett, he'd probably say I'd never bitched about anything. Yeah, that's that's so excellent. That's I never when I was running I was not once do I when thinking back, I was never like this sucks. Yeah, I just dealt with it. So now, how many of the mile of the 100 miles did you have a pacer?
0: And Br- was Brett the end Brett, pacer. Yeah, okay.
1: Brett was the only person okay. who went up with me. Okay. And um, so the course is 12 and a half miles, then you run back right to the start and right. you do that four times. Right. For 100. And me and Brett decided like, from the start, when he would be my pacer. Okay. So, at 62 and a half miles, he started pacing me. Okay, he didn't jump in until 62 and a half. 62 okay. and a half. That's when it was dark. It got dark right before I got to the 50-mile point. Okay. So, then I went back to the aid station at 62 and a half. He paced me out and back. So okay. So, 62... And a half to 87. Okay. Or so. Yeah. And um, that was our plan and we did it. And I really needed him because it got lonely out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There weren't
0: many runners. (laughs) No. You couldn't have seen hardly anybody unless they were coming towards you. Yeah. Like I'd
1: look forward and back and it's on a rail trail. Right. Kind of curved a little bit so you can see a far distance away yeah. and you can see it back and I wouldn't even see headlamps. So yeah. it got lonely and sure? it was cold. Sure.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, at least you didn't uh, have the problem that I had uh, with the bridges coming open yeah. because I imagine that canal was frozen solid. I'm, I'm imagine.
1: Yeah. There was actually a spot where some kid made like a little hockey yeah. Hockey rink. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, totally, there's no boats going on the Erie Canal in the wintertime.
0: <laughs> and the second obstacle that I had uh, were geese. They And they weren't used to people either. Like, in around Harrisburg, if you run, most of the time they'll get out of your way, you know. Uh, so, well, most of the time. But these geese were, like, angry. <laughs> So did you see any of the... Were any of those geese out there?
1: There was no wildlife. Okay, no wildlife. There was nothing out there. (laughs) Okay. It was like a wasteland.
0: Yeah. Now, I have to ask you this question, because I get asked this question all the time. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? When you're not with Brett, what is going through your mind? Because were you listening to music, or what... How did you cope, I guess?
1: Um Well, when I run, I don't listen to any music. Okay, I don't either. I was just, I don't know, just enjoying my run. <laughs>
0: You're living in the moment, right? Yeah, living in yeah. the
1: moment. Yeah. At the beginning, there was a girl who I ran oh. with for a little bit, mm-hmm. and she was only doing the 50. She ended up only doing 25. <laughs> a lot of people dropped out and did less than sure. what they expected sure. to do, sure. Um, but I just I don't know. I was like, got to keep grinding, and I was thinking, I want to win this. Mm. Mm-hmm. So did what I can to keep going. I don't know. Nothing bothered me really. Yeah, and it's I was like, let me get to the next aid station, which there was an aid station yeah. in the middle. All right. It was actually mile seven, and then there was like five and a half to get to the inside aid station. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I just got a little bit more to the aid station. Mm-hmm. So I kind of worked worked it yeah. like that. Because at the aid station, a lot of stuff was frozen inside <laughs> the aid station.
0: <laughs> I was going to ask you if they had warm food.
1: Well, whatever was warm became cold mm. very quickly. Yeah. And... um. Like the they had some gels and stuff, but they were pretty pretty frozen. Yeah, they had the spring energy gels. Oh, okay. They had spring energy spring gels. Or gels really, awesome. they're kind of like it's like a smoothie. Yeah, um, a thick, it's real thick food. smoothie. Yeah. yeah. So those are awesome for long races. Yeah, say. yeah. So, I'm surprised they had them. I like those a lot.
0: Yeah. Now they're, I I've, I've tried them. Just once, but I I did like it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so you're just living, sort of just keeping your mind in the moment, and you're focusing on getting to the next stage station, right? And focusing on winning, uh, which is another thing. I was going to ask you when you took the lead. Did, did anyone ever really um, contest your lead? Yeah. Oh,
2: okay.
1: Yeah. Funny story, I'd say. Okay. Um, when I Got to mile 25. Okay. I, maybe mile 24, right by the bridge, Mm -hmm. getting back Mm -hmm. to the aid station. Mm -hmm. I saw two people running back out. Mm -hmm. So they were two miles ahead of me. Okay. Guy who ended up being the racer and he had a pacer from the start. Okay. I don't know what his plan was, but I saw Brett at the aid station. I was like, are they doing the hundred? And he's like, yep. I was like, Oh man, they're doing pretty well.
0: So you allowed a pacer right from the start? Yeah. That's a little unusual, but
2: Yeah. yeah. There
1: weren't a lot of rules on that stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, but that guy I don't know what his plan was, but yeah. that is what it was. And yeah. So I didn't take too long at the first at that aid station. Probably had something warm and ate a little food. Mm-hmm. Uh, changed my shoes because they were wet mm. and changed my socks. Mm-hmm. I actually had two pairs of the Hoka Mox, and and okay. <laughs> I had brand new Hoka Mox. They still had the, like the paper, you know, that little thing they have. Yeah. In the yeah. Shoes. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. I yeah. was like, Brett, I need my, my mocks, And he was like, Oh my God, Barry didn't even run in these yet. <laughs> Fresh. They're fresh from the box. Yeah. And he was like, that's crazy. But they're comfortable shoes and mm-hmm. you don't even have to break them in. So I use those and I use those for the rest of the race. Mm-hmm. I was like, somebody, those that guy's ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna catch him. Mm-hmm. So I just kept grinding and I saw him and his pacer come back. So they were two miles ahead of me, mm-hmm. and then when I right before I got to the midway aid station, yep. they were only one mile ahead of me. Okay, so how did you find that out? Because it's out and
0: back. Yeah. So I knew I was a half. Oh, you figured it out yeah. by uh, by when they're coming when I saw him. When you okay?
1: Yeah. Got got gotcha. you. Yeah. And then um, I. Didn't spend too much time in that aid station and I ran to the middle aid station. Mm -hmm. So that was 37, 38 miles. Mm -hmm. And I saw them in the aid station. I was Mm. like, I was like, all right, now we're even. Mm -hmm. And I sat down by the heater Mm -hmm. and I had like some, maybe some hot chocolate or mm-hmm. something warm, mm-hmm. some broth. Yeah. And the guy was shaking, like, really bad. And his pacer was like, she wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And then I hear the guy, I was like, how you doing? He's like, oh, not good. And I heard him say, I'm I'm done. <laughs> so he dropped out. Wow. And then I was like. He dropped out right there? Yeah. Wow. At mile 37. Wow. Mm. So he so obviously he was running too fast. Well, later on, Brett tells me that he was there in the aid station, the inside one. Mm-hmm. And the race director was like, hey, man, do you want some like pizza? We got some more pizza. Mm-hmm. Do you want anything? And he was a jerk to her and was like, no, I have my regiment. Wow. So. Wow. That's. That's karma right that's there, some I guess. bad karma there you
0: yeah. you you go out of your way to be nice to people not yeah bitch at them right they're they're out there in that cold helping you out and wow so in the
1: cold weather yeah you need to fuel the fire yeah you need to eat a lot of food sure because that guy he had i think five gels the whole time within 37 miles yeah and he was going fast. Yeah. yeah. But that killed him because he didn't he eat any... Up his fuel. Yeah. He didn't yeah. eat any pizza or
0: whatever at the aid station. Yeah, he might have had a regimen for, you know, say, 50 degrees. Yeah. That might have worked. But like you said, when you're burning those extra calories in the cold, you're going to have to be taking in extra calories. Right.
1: Yeah. They were actually... The pacer was bragging... About him saying, like, oh, he's done Boston and this and that. (laughs) Total different story, man. Yeah,
0: that doesn't really buy you much in (laughs) a 100-mile race uh, in northern New York in the winter.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So, Brett witnessed all that, and I witnessed him dropping out.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay, so at that point, that was your
0: competition. Did you have anybody else push you? There
1: were some guys... On my tail. Oh, okay. Maybe a mile out, mile behind me. Okay. Or so, okay. So I knew that there were people behind me, probably three, three guys. Okay. So I knew I couldn't wait too long. Mm hmm. But after I saw that guy, that's when it started to get dark. Mm hmm. It was around like five or six. And that's. The one time from like forty to fifty, mm-hmm. the one time I got cold. Mm-hmm. I wasn't bad, other than that.
0: Maybe it was the speed of the temperature drop, because uh, it was.
1: Well, when I left, dark. when I left that aid station yeah. at mile thirty-seven. Yeah, right. Got to do my math. No, I. I- Yeah, Um, I think that's right. I left the aid station and I just had my North Face tights on and Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I should have put on some pants Mm -hmm. because it's cold out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whatever, Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I have 12 miles to the next next one. I can run 12, being a little cold. So I made it there Mm -hmm. to the 50. Mm -hmm. I was very cold. Mm -hmm. I was like, I need some food. And they had meatballs. Okay. So, so they had to have some warm food there. I had broth and probably 10 meatballs. <laughs> and I just ate so much food. I sat there for half an hour getting warm. So you actually sat there for a half hour. Yeah. Wow. It was very cold. So I was and like, you were sitting in a chair? Yeah. By what? by us like a heater.
0: Boy, that takes a lot to get up
1: out of that chair. Yep. Wow. And when I was sitting there the winner of the 50 miler came in okay so you were you finished
0: ahead at 50 miles you were ahead of the winner of the 50 miler right <laughs>
1: <laughs> and there was nobody out there so the guy came in and we're like what are you doing he's like 50 we're like oh you won yeah he must have assumed you're in the 50 right. yeah so there was like so little people yeah. Whoever wins, you're not gonna have like a bunch of people cheering for you. Right. Yeah. It's just like no. Yay! It's a lonely pursuit, right? <laughs> and it's like that with a lot of yeah ultras. Yes. I think yes.
0: Yeah. At the my first 100, at the finish line, there were two people: the race director yeah. and my pacer, who had dropped out. And but he took an Uber back. To the finish. So he was there at the finish. Two people. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's not like Boston. Right. (laughs) But uh, obviously, you know, you're doing it for different reasons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So now you're going back out. And uh, at mile 50, you're going back out. So I put on my pants there. Okay. So you're dressing warmer now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I put on a vest... Because I only had maybe long-sleeve shirt and like a zip-up long-sleeve thicker shirt mm-hmm. that whole time. Mm-hmm. And my snowboard gloves with mm-hmm. some hot hands in my gloves. Okay. And sometimes it got so hot I could take them off. Yeah. Even though it was five degrees. <laughs> um, yeah. I, still, I felt warm because I was moving.
0: I, yeah. I never tried those things. Are they... <laughs> Do they?
1: You take them out of the package, shake them up. Okay. And they get warm. And they don't bother you? They were in. Do they move around in your gloves or. Well, like when you're snowboarding, if it's very cold, you Mm -hmm. can take your fingers out of the glove and put them kind of where your palm is. Okay. Out of the finger thing. Okay. Yes. I know what you mean. You can hold on to the hot hand. Okay. Like that. So
0: you pulled the fingers out of the the finger compartments, and you're yeah. just holding that hot hand. Yeah. So that's holding it in place. Right.
1: Okay. Well, and then when your fingers are in, it's just on your palm. It,
0: yeah. It doesn't move around. No.
2: Okay.
1: Okay. Because your hand's just there. Okay. You don't. You're not using your hand when you're running. No, I just didn't. It doesn't. I didn't know. It doesn't bother you.
2: Okay. It I'll didn't to try bother them. me. Yeah. Had to try. If something. it's colds. Yeah.
1: Aldi has them. Okay. For cheap, okay. So yeah, we had a lot. I actually, at one point, I probably had fifteen. I have something else to tell you about sure. my the I, the liquid yeah. I was using. Yeah. So at one point, I had fifteen, ten to fifteen hot hands that were working. Yeah. On my body.
0: <laughs> so you had these hot hands all over your body.
1: Yeah, cool. I had them in my hand, in my gloves. I had some Brett opens some up, but he didn't yeah. need them at one point, so we put them in my hydration vest, and okay. I could feel them on my back. Okay. And then I knew, like, I ran one time with Brett when it was 9 degrees, mm-hmm. and I had a, a handheld water bottle, mm-hmm. and it froze quickly. No, oh, I bet. So I was like, I know the liquid I'm carrying with me mm-hmm. is going to freeze. Mm-hmm. And I had – so I was like, what can I use? So I had these two – Little Gatorade, like twelve ounce mm-hmm. bottles, mm-hmm. and that's what I used for my liquid. Okay, and I had them in my hydration vest. So you with had hot in the hands. bottle hand, uh, compartments, right? Yep. Yeah, and I put hot hands in my bottle compartments ah. so to keep the them... liquid wouldn't freeze. Ah, and it that's, worked.
0: That's a good uh, tip.
1: And it has like a wider mouth than yeah. a soft flask. Yeah. So. That I could like poke it with my finger. Yep. To get some of the ice yeah. free. Yeah. And it worked. Wow. So, good tip. If there anybody's you go. doing a winter race, people
0: should listen to this podcast just for that tip. Yeah. <laughs> because, although not many people are running races in minus 12. Right. <laughs> but yeah. So, that's good. So, so now that keeps you going. And, uh, so, um, so you go back to that building and that's yeah. when I got with Brett. Okay. And that's where Brett joined you,
1: man. Okay. It was awesome to have Brett cause I, I was so lonely out there Yeah, and just to have him talk sure. with me and joke around yeah. and pace me. Yeah. He, it was like real pacing. Like, yeah, I just followed him. Yep. I was like, let's do this pace. Yep. I'm going to follow you. And sometimes, most of the time I ran. Mm-hmm. Brett was like, "We, when we walked, it was only for like a minute. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have like a walk, run Not a formal strategy. pattern? No. no. Okay. It was like when I feel well, I like feel. it.
2: Yep. Okay.
1: When I feel like it, I'll walk a little bit. So I ran most of the time and walked a little bit. I'd be like, Brett, let's just walk for a minute or two. And then I wouldn't say anything and I'd start running. And it was great to have him. Um, and then the last 12 and a half miles was on my own. Okay. And yeah. I was just like... You could probably smell it at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the guys. I was like a mile or you know, I was three miles ahead of the second place person. Okay. Yeah, that's
0: a cool thing about the out and back, is you can
1: figure out your position relative to other people. Right. Yeah. And um, then I got to, like, the last mile. Mm. Well, before that, it was starting to get tough. And Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I'm going to walk a little bit and then Mm -hmm. run. And then there was a snowman that we saw. I was like, yes, I'm at the snowman. So it's like three miles to go. It's like a landmark. Yeah. Yeah. And then I could see the bridge. There's a bridge, not the one that goes up and down, Mm -hmm. but it's like two miles from the end. And from there, you can look across the canal and see the finish line. Yeah. And Brett was like, What do you need? I was like, So he's yelling to you? Yeah. Yeah. So across the canal. We did that a few times. Yeah. Every time I went to that spot, he'd be like, What do you need? And I'd yell to him across the canal. Yeah. But I was like, I can't even think right now. (laughs) Yeah, There's not a lot of
0: blood going to the brain at that point.
1: (laughs) And I got to the last mile, and I was going slow. And then I was like, I'm going to win. Yeah. And I started to sprint. Yeah. Once you got to the the paved portion. Yeah. Yeah. I sprinted for the last half mile. Yeah. And I was like... Uh, Just, uh, yeah. I was hooting and hollering on my yeah, own. Yeah. To kind of pump myself up. Sure. Then it was only Brett and the race director. <laughs> two people. Two people at the finish line. <laughs> but it
0: was awesome. Yeah. That's a great feeling, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. That's that's quite a story. That's uh, yeah. a major accomplishment. Your Your experience with the cold really paid dividends, it mm-hmm. sounds like. Yeah. Uh, 'cause you know how to handle it, and uh probably most people or uh a significant number didn't even wanna attempt yeah. <laughs> to face it Because uh, you mentioned there were a lot of did not starts uh so yeah that that that's uh that's an amazing uh accomplishment I'm wondering what you have uh in terms of future plans do you have any other big adventures yeah planned
1: I'm going that am the... want to divulge, that is. Yeah. Okay. I don't need to keep anything secret, okay. whatever. Okay. Some okay. people do. But... Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, it's bad karma. Sometimes I'm a little hesitant. Or if I'm going for a certain time or or position or something, I don't really talk that up too much. But anyway.
1: Okay. Do you know what the blacklist is?
0: The blacklist? Yeah. Uh...
1: Or the Triple Crown of Pennsylvania.
0: I imagine it has Eastern States in it. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: the We'll start with the Triple Crown. Okay. It's the Heiner 50K. Okay. Which is April uh-huh. 27th, I think. Uh-huh. And then the World's End 100K Oh, in June. Yeah. And then Eastern States wow. in
0: August. So it builds in distance. You yeah. You have 50K, 100K, and then 100 mile. Right. All on amazingly... Technical, difficult right. terrain.
1: Eastern States is yeah. over 20,000 <sighs> vertical. Um, World's End is wow. 12,000, I think. Heiner's not as bad as Call of the Wilds. It's like 6,000.
0: It's I've seen pictures still, it. It looks tough pretty. One. Right. There's like the first, <laughs> yeah.
1: the view climb. And yeah. The SOB. Yeah. But then, so I'm going for the Triple Crown. Okay. And then... If you do one more race, the Black Forest 100, okay, then you're on something called the Blacklist. Black Forest 100 miler? 100K. Oh, 100K. Okay. Okay. That's up in the same region as all the other races do on yeah. the Black Forest I've hiked Trail. I've
0: on the Black Forest Trail. I haven't actually run on it, but yeah. Yeah. That's uh, got to be tough, too.
1: That starts at midnight. It and starts at midnight. Yeah. And I think you can't have a crew. Oh, wow. Possibly. Wow. wow. Limited aid stations, So I think yeah. you're supposed to carry a lot with you. Yeah. Wow. And that's... I had never heard of this blacklist
2: yeah. Uh, so thing. Uh,
1: they've yeah. they've had like two years. There's a website. Okay. It's kind of connected to the Eastern States website. Okay. okay. And it shows like the people who have... On the blacklist runs, yeah, and there's only two years of history. People, yeah, of history. Yeah,
0: yeah I have to check that out. That's that would ten be... people have done it. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I bet there can't be that many.
1: That's but it's hard to get into these races. Yeah, the world's end. Yeah, sold out in three minutes. Oh wow! And you have to. When I was signing up for it. It was like, what race have you done 100-mile or 100K mm-hmm. that qualifies you for this race? And I had to like go to the website real quick for Burning mm-hmm. River, copy, mm-hmm. paste it mm-hmm. within three minutes. Wow. I didn't know I had to do that, but yeah. I made
2: it in.
0: Yeah, that's a little unusual that you have to provide a link to previous mm-hmm. races. Um, but you, you got in. Yeah. Okay that's excellent that that's a hell of a challenge there wow
1: but after yesterday we've taken a month off yeah and herding on a 20 miler yeah i was like i got a lot of work to do and when is the first i
0: believe you said heiner was the first april 27th when? april 27th okay yeah. well that's not that far right
1: yeah yeah so i, I, I guess... got some training to do yeah but I'm recovered from my run. My Achilles doesn't hurt oh, good. anymore. Good. Yeah. Depending on the shoes I wear.
2: Oh, yeah. I can make a
0: yep. definite difference. Yeah. But you'll be wearing uh, hardcore trail shoes for these races. Yeah. yeah. You won't be able to wear those mock
1: fours. <laughs> so the mock has like a, the heel part of it goes out instead of like in towards your Achilles. Okay. Kind yeah, of like a little shoehorn.
2: Yeah, like I I, I actually
0: just bought a pair. I only have one run
1: in them so far.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I know what you mean. They kind of flare yeah. backwards. So yeah. the
1: new the Hoka Speedgo Fives. Okay. I've never had a Hoka trail shoe, but mm-hmm. they do the same thing. Okay, so I'm thinking that would be good to buy,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so it doesn't hurt my Achilles. Mm-hmm. Do you just have like a an inflammation in your Achilles, or I? I wore these shoes that compressed, they like pressed into my Achilles. Oh, so it was more like a pressure yeah. kind of injury. Oh, and okay. there's a little bump that I can feel, oh. but it's it's going down. Okay. And it, after 20 miles wearing my North Face shoes that kind of don't have pressure on that area, mm-hmm. didn't even feel it in the race yesterday. So Okay, good. That was a good, good. test. Yeah because yeah. I didn't want to
0: injure myself. So it sounds like you just had to avoid shoes that p- place pressure on that mm-hmm. one spot. Yeah. Well, wow, that that those are uh, uh challenging plans you got. Uh but that's that's really uh I think it, it makes training so much easier when you have specific things uh goals uh, yeah. in mind. You can always keep that in perspective. I you know, I I struggle if I don't have something on the horizon because, you know, what's, it's, it's hard to push yourself beyond a certain point. If yeah. What's the point of it? Right. It's, who cares? You know? Uh, so yeah, yeah. You, you definitely have, uh, some races to motivate you. You can't
1: go into those uh, out of shape no. for sure. And beast of burden was a flat. Yeah. So yeah, sure, these are all mountain races. Yeah. So I got to do some climbs.
0: Yeah. The challenges of those races are, entirely different than the challenges of Beast of Burden. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're all challenges. They just take different shapes and forms. Right. But uh, Well, I don't want to hold you uh, too much longer here, Barry, because I know you uh, have been away from home (laughs) quite a bit lately. (laughs) And uh, so I just want to thank you for taking your time. I mean, we're pushing over an hour 20 here. So uh, I appreciate you taking the time to give us the lowdown, your background, and your accomplishments so far. I think there's Thanks. more to come. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure at some point I'll run into you at uh, one of the Saturday morning runs or something. I don't know that I'll be with you long, but uh, yeah. I mean, it was great. Uh, I really appreciate you coming out and joining me for my – part of my birthday uh run on the track yeah so anytime you want to go for a run yeah if you need uh, a slow day or something maybe i could coordinate it with my uh my uh tempo yeah i could it could be my tempo day and your easy day and maybe we could get things in sync all right but i i'd love to do it that would be great all right all right thanks a lot barry all right thank you we'll see you
1: see (music) you